everybody, and welcome to Art Film Theater on Channel 51 with your <laughs> beloved host, noted film historian Stephen Ronquillo and New York film history genius Carl Kafer. And now, boys, take over the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two. Sorry it took so long, but it took us a while to figure out a movie. We had a movie figured out, but we couldn't find it. Even in the magical world of streaming, sometimes you get... Right, Carl? Yeah, you get bupkis. That's what we got. But then I looked on then I looked around and I found out that one of me and Carl's holy grails and this if you've been listening since the start, and that's many, many, many moons ago, this has been one of our holy grail movies, hasn't it, Carl? No, absolutely. Absolutely. For for different but but similar reasons. We'll let you go first, Stephen. Well, to me, the movie's just that goddamn good. Acting's great. Directing's great. John Houston's in the middle of his Hollywood period, which is always great. And uh, the actors know what the hell they're doing and are there to do their job. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you got to add to that, sir? Well... Well, you know, you talk about John Huston, a friend of mine's, and I know you don't this, you don't agree with this comment, but he says it's it's his period of kitchen sink dramas, and a lot of, and there's a lot to say about that. I, I, this is a so seventies of the film. It's depressing. It's 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 heartfelt. It's sad. It's everything. You know, it's just human, and you know. It has your favorite actor, or one of your favorites, which of course is Stacey Keach. It also Keech. has a woman that I love that was actually uh, up for an Academy Award for this, and that's Susan Tyrell. And, and I think told, both I, of, and it's utter bullshit that she didn't win. Right, but I also think that both of those actors, in many many ways, were underappreciated. Even Stacey Keach. Oh yeah, uh, he always was, cause he may be in great movies, but as the seventies you know, go on, you start seeing him more and more in cameos. Yep, it's because the stuff he starred in, like the Traveling Executioner, people said, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every time that someone says, "I thought, what the fuck was that shit?" and I said, "Oh, who's in it?" Stacy Keach. Can I have more? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Susan Tyrell, this is one of the few rare chances she gets to really let it rip loose. The the other one we would recommend is Butcher uh, Baker Nightmare Maker. A.K.A. Night Warning. Yeah. But she and is, plus, she does the best narrating job in history in Wizards. Oh fuck yes! <laughs> oh yes, that that was the movie that actually turned me on to 
this Tyro. And then from there on, it's like, oh, my God, this woman is a goddess. Oh, and forbidden, though. Yes, of course. She'll always be my Queen Doris. Yeah. Put me down, you bitch. (laughs) No! (laughs) (laughs) Just a normal day. Uh, Yeah. Okay, you can see this movie on Criterion Channel as part of their boxing series. And I consider this the best boxing movie ever. It's certainly top top three. I you know, at most top five, but yeah. Without yes, a doubt. I would uh to quote Mark Pirro, I would put this higher than raging bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I would too. I would too. As I told Carl earlier today, right before we start the film, if I want to watch a movie with Jake LaMotta in it, I'll watch Confessions of a Psycho Cat. Thank you very much. (laughs) And only you know that movie, which is beautiful. I just want you to know that. Well, something weird fans all know it because it's one of their pricier DVDs nowadays. Well, hell, any nice. of the DVDs is pricey. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you can see this on, like I said, the Criterion and Crackle, free with commercials. So if this commentary intrigues you to watch it, good, watch it. But if you think that we're full of crap and you haven't seen the movie, then turn us off and watch this movie. That's uh, that's the biggest thing that we're... I don't know. Not even first, if you don't want to listen to us. Watch this movie. Agreed. If there's any message we can do that, then I watch this movie. And we are at O-O-O-O on the movie. And we're getting ready. Are you ready, Carl? I'm absolutely ready. And we're getting ready in five, four, three, two, one, zero. Press start now. Okay, we have the Columbia seal of approval. Absolutely. There she is. And the most depressing version of Help Me Make It Through the Night ever put recorded. Okay, and not only that, this is Stockton. So, Stockton, California, you've heard me rail against Fresno. Stockton is worse than Fresno. Just letting you know. Well, he's doing everything. Well, if you notice, John Hughes and his power is doing everything in his cinematic power to make this look like a shithole. Besides the people talking to each other. But he says this place but, may be a shithole, but there's humans living there. Exactly. That's something that most people forget. And there he is, Stacy Keach. Bottle of booze and boxing magazine. Thinking about the past. And just a real quiet opening. Very atmospheric. Of course, what does he do? He goes right for the cigarette. 
I understand that. Yeah, but that's one of your nightmare scenarios, Carl. You wake up in the morning and no matches. That's happened before. I had to use the stove. <laughs> you find ah. a way, Stephen. You find a way. Okay, is that a package there that we're seeing? Good God. Get some boxers, buddy. He's advertising for the ladies, son. God, what That's a, a great smoke. version of the song, though. You know Love what the, the sad song. part is, Carl? What? An apartment like that would go for about four or five hundred bucks nowadays. Oh, easily. And that's probably a hotel room for like 20 bucks at the time or 10 bucks either. Yeah. This is what, 72, filmed in 71. So. Yeah. That's over 50 years ago, for God's sake. And this is when uh, he was going through his don't give a fuck phase. And when he would do Hollywood films, people say all the time, why did he do films like Tentacles? Why did he do films like The Visitor? This is why. Yeah, because he was raising money for projects. Now, the film previous to this was The Kremlin uh, Letter, which was uh, uh, a universal uh, release, I think. And they put a lot of money into that, and it fucking bombed. Not that it's a bad movie. It's not, but it's not It's not as best by any means. And this movie, well, it didn't do that good with the main, with the audiences. Because I don't think they were ready for this back then. Well, you know, the funny thing is, you know where this was a hit? Where? England. England. It was up for a couple of BAFTAs. Of course. England's always known good films. Yeah. But yeah, walking out on the street, you ain't got no money, ain't got no matches. How sad is this version of the song? It just stinks of I desperation. It's a great version. I know it's a great version, but it just has that stink of desperate. Would you do that, Carl? No, I would not. I'd ask for someone for a life. Marvin Hamlish did the music supervision. And this is Chris Christopherson. Mm-hmm. Through the night. What people don't realize is 90% of uh, Leonard Gardner, based on the novel Fat City. Oh, and the term is, well, it's not used pretty much at all nowadays, is it, Carl? No, no, no. I actually have some information too, so you go first. He's like, Yeah, man. If we gonna ma- if it's basically it means you live in rich high on the hog. Man, we gonna make it this is we gonna live in Fat City. And here's yep. Jeff Bridges. So uh in an interview with Life magazine, Gardner explained the meaning of the title. Lots of people have asked me about the title of the book. It's part of Negro or black slang. 
When you say you want to go to Fat City, it means you want the good life. I got the idea for the title after seeing a photograph of a tenement in an exhibition in San Francisco. Fat City was scrolled in chalk on a wall. The title is ironic. Fat City is a crazy goal no one is ever going to reach. Hey, like the way he frames Keach and Bridges, keeping them both in the shot. But focusing our attention on Bridges, a guy who's young with potential. Right. And Keach, who basically was Jeff Bridges at Jeff Bridges' age. I mean, you can just look at him without him saying a word. He's had too many miles on his face, you know. Gone down the road too much. Took one too many drunk bad too punches. Much. Yeah, drunk too much. Smoked, smoked, smoked too, much. too much. Yeah. Fucked too much. Okay. I mean, look at the lumps on his face, Carl. Yeah. <laughs> now, Jeff Bridges at his youngest, man. I think this is one of his first roles after uh, last picture show. I think so too. Uh, I'm I'm looking right now. I'm gonna give you an idea here. Give me a second. You look pretty good. Going going back quite a ways here. Okay. So basically, you've got, oh, my God, the yin and yang of Mr. Go. Good God. Oh, yeah, he was in that. That was his first And movie. then the last picture show, and then, of course, Bat City is the next movie, movie that yeah. he did. Yeah. And then after that, Bad Company. Oh, that's another underrated one. Oh, absolutely. And if you think people got paid doing this, no. This was a movie made with love. Well, well, this is the one thing about about Houston. If you take a look at his films, generally his films are about men who want to attain something but don't because of their own failings. <laughs> Look at that. He only lasted 30 seconds for you. Like, oh, I pulled a muscle. Yeah. What's your name? Ray Munger. How many about you have? No. No. You ever been to Ray Munger? No. I just came down here to the water. 18. Oh, I mean, look at the details, like how sweat-stained Keech's shirt is. Oh, absolutely. That's what I'm talking about. I fought that from Soto. There was a time. Look at, look at his body language. It's just amazing. You know, during this period, Keech had some real interesting roles, man. Yeah. Seriously. 
Uh, the 70s for him was, was a period of time where if he did get a lead role like this, it was it was not as, you know, the, the, the – the main hero or that it was usually an anti-hero or an asshole yeah how do you like it you see i've seen you fight once did you win no oh. and look how comfortable he looks in there he's too comfortable oh yeah and there's your there's oh oh god and what was it that Stacey Keats said about Susan Tyrell, Carl? She said she was the Billie Holiday of the dispossessed. Yeah. Okay. She comes into a room, and of course he's framing her, right? Look at that face. That face is not gorgeous by any means. No, no, no. And she was very odd-looking, and, and, and in this period of time, I was drawn to those women on screen like uh, Shelly Duvall. So a bitch. Bitch. Okay, <laughs> bitch. choice in the movie. I mean, I just love her from the start. Well, you finally son of a bitch. And you know what matters to her. Yeah. By the way, it is so cool to see people smoke in a fucking film. Yeah. Like I said, she's the one Award. Look at this. Yeah. I mean, look, she goes like four different mood swings from the, you know. Yeah. They were on four films together. They absolutely adored each other. And notice who really has the energy here. Not that Stacy doesn't. He's reacting, but look at her. She's a fucking tsunami. There with your face shut. <laughs> God bless that poor bastard that's with her. Yeah. How, how pitiful is she? But, but you know what? She might be pitiful, but you can understand 
the energy, you would be drawn to that energy. And she has that energy like crazy. Yeah, if I, hung, if I was a bar fly. Mm-hmm. You know, they also were in The Killer Inside Me, 1976, together. Yeah. And they were really good in that, too. Yeah, too bad the rest of the movie wasn't. But those two? You know, we've talked about the remake of that, where we think the remake is a better movie, but, but Tyrell and, and, and Keach are the better actors. Yeah. I think this and Penitentiary have the most realistic-looking boxing sequences I've ever seen in a fucking movie. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Most people go gaga over the flame bar and all that. Okay. So the guy there, the, the, the guy yeah. that's running it, you know who that is? That's Coach before he lost all his weight. Exactly. That That is Coach from Cheers. That's Nicholas Colasanto. God, he was in bad shape when he was on Cheers. Trained for three days, borrowed 20 bucks to have a team. Took a Phoenix and see it under me. You know how much money I gave that guy? I used to give him two, three dollars every damn day. Movie, movie, every damn day, movie. Tell him he's in the hospital for lunch. I put him on a square at the top. The best fight I ever had. Top of the air. You can't watch a guy 24 hours a day. And Harry's some broad, and she undid all the good I did for him. So basically, Stacey Keach got his heart broken. Yeah. I mean, really? You can tell who these characters are. These are living oh, yeah. souls. From the first moment you see them all, they're all lived in souls. Even Jeff Bridges' character. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. He's got a good underhook punch. Yeah, he does. I love looking at him dance right there, don't you? Oh, yeah. This is one of the few roles that Nicholas Colasanto had that, that I knew of. You know, uh, other than Coach. When they bring, always bring up the great sports movies or boxing movies, this one is rarely mentioned. Mentioned at all. You know, it seems we gravitate toward that with with, with sports films. Uh, We just did a watch of Bad News Bears, which actually is is pretty well known, the, uh, the 70s version. But for yeah. me, the, the football film of all time is North Dallas 40, and nobody, nobody mentions that hardly at all. Yeah. But I love it. She's, she's been with him so many years. 
listen to him talk about fighters that it just lulls her to sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are moments like that that makes this movie go over the top. Well, that's exactly what this is. No. I jokingly call, fall, thought of this and called this, this movie is pretty much what if Bukowski wrote a boxing movie. Mm-hmm. So, second, Nicholas Colasanto. He was in Family Pot, actually. Also, the Manchu Eagle murder caper mystery, which is horrible, unfortunately. Um... Bat City, The Counterfeit Killer, lots of TV, of course. I'm, I'm skipping the TV stuff. Yeah. But well, that's basically sad. it. Yeah. How sad is this? He's working with the immigrants. That's really showing that you really hit rock bottom. You know. Well, well you know, I, I, you know, Vicky lives in. Uh, uh, Fresno, and I was in Fresno for a number of years too, and, and and the migrant workers, and you see that in the fields. Of course, this is part of the Central Valley. Uh, it's north of uh, Fresno. Fresno is central in Central Valley. Okay. The other thing about <laughs> East Minnesota, yeah. Oh, that's great. Look oh, at the faces. Can... Look yeah. at the faces. The yeah, faces that old are man. just beautiful. Yeah. And again, this changes this song from a melancholy love song to an anthem of the downtrodden, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And that's really... What the novel is about and what the movie is about. The underprivileged, the downtrodden. Yeah, we didn't want to admit that that this was happening. We never want to admit that these guys exist in America. No. We're the land of milk and goddamn honey. We live off the fat of the land. Which is, yes, that Bible term is another... Is where the term fat city is derived from, you know what I mean? Yep. And I do love that when we first meet Happen Leonard, Joe R. Lansdale has been working out in the rose field. Yeah. And see, look, he can't do anything without that bottle. No. How many times did did Keach play an alcoholic? Because he he did that a lot, particularly in the seventies. I don't know. But a shitload. I love how he's giving they're giving it a mariachi. No, I was just gonna go there. I was just yeah. gonna go there. Now the person behind it is Marvin Hamlish. Marvin Hamlish, yeah. basically best known for uh, arranging and being the musical supervisor of The Sting a couple years later. Yeah. 
Talking about something that really didn't yeah. get discussed to deny me. Steroids. Yep. Uh, they're talking steroids. That's exactly what they're talking. Yeah. <laughs> and what that is is an old trick they tried to play, and that is getting some of your clean blood and putting it in a little pouch under your skin. Oh, and here's the fourth member of our trio. Sandy Clark. Right. Sandy Clark. Sandy uh, Clark in, didn't have many roles before this one. No, and I'm going to check that out right now. I'm with you here in a second. That's why I've got the IMDb tab up. Basically, this was her first role. She had been in Room 222. Yeah. And then she's in American Graffiti right after this. Well, I love the dichotomy, the contrasting pictures in the couple. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, the two washed up drunks whose wife chewed up all over them which is Stacey Keats and Susan Tyrell, and the young, innocent couple, which is Candy Clark Clark. and Jeff Bridges. Okay. So just getting back to Candy Clark, of course, she's basically, she's well-known for her role in The Man Who Fell to Earth. Wait. She's also in... Yeah. She's also in Susan Van, The Big Sleep. Uh, uh, when you coming back, Red Rider? Strange little film. Yeah, we're um, done. Yeah, I love this exchange then, between them because this is her uh, time having sex. Right. And don't forget, she's also in Q, the Winged Serpent, yeah. as Michael Moriarty's. Yeah. Uh, girl. She said Candy Clark said she based her. Uh, Character on the man who fell to earth, right? On Susan Tyrell in Fat City. Nice. You know what? I could see that actually. I hadn't yeah. really thought about this. This is basically her second role she ever had. She's yeah. Really good in it. 
You can pretty much tell from these scenes on that Jeff Bridges, the book states it pretty much clearer that Jeff Bridges is going to end up just like Stacey Keach's character. I've seen a couple of uh, amateur fights like this. Those Mm -hmm. are, you know, they called UFC human cockfights. No, I call these amateur fights like human cockfights. They're nasty, brutal, and ugly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. To be honest, I like amateur sports better than... than I used to go to uh, single-A baseball games all the time. Yeah, but you don't like Bull Durham. That means you're a hypocrite. Listen to him. He starts talking... Hey, listen to him. He starts talking like Ali. Well... We used to have a big golden glove scene in Knoxville. Marvelous Hagler had some of his uh, first fights in Knoxville. Oh, nice. The other thing I like about this film, you know, shot in 71, out in 72. And, and, and it's very integrated. It's, it's very, these are all human beings. These are all, and they, everybody gets their moment, like this guy here. That's true. No. No, really. What he's saying is true. You gotta get that mindset. You're gonna go up there and kick everybody. That's that's how you gotta do a podcast too. You're gonna go out there and say, I'm gonna go out there and kick everybody ass listening to this. Cause the second you think that you might not kick ass, you gonna get your ass whipped. Self-doubt is a motherfucker. I think Nick could have picked a better shirt to wear, though. It's 1972. That was the fashion for the I know, people in their uh, financial uh, circles. That's one thing I usually, these people dress poor. In this movie, they dress poor, they act poor. And they don't bring up no Ghost of Tom Joad shit. (laughs) Do you agree with me that everyone in this movie, I mean, even this looks like a shitty little, his first fight's in a shitty little, as they call it, the cigar-filled mm-hmm. boxing arena. 
where the seats is probably older than your ass when you would have said it in 72. This is this is real fighting. Yeah. That's this doesn't feel choreographed. This isn't this isn't boxing like in Rocky and movie like this. This is just two people beat trying to beat the shit out of each other. Yeah, exactly. I mean But yeah, I mean you Jeff Bridges character right here is trying to win this guy. W-I-N-D, in case you Yankees mm-hmm. are listening. Remember, uh, who was it? Frazier? No, who was it? Uh, the the George Foreman. George Foreman. Yeah, Rubidope. Yeah. He did that. While, uh, he's doing that for about two or three rounds. And then by the fourth round, uh... Four man was going. Uh, uh, uh. Mm-hmm. Don't go for the kill. Let him wire himself out some more. See, listen to this bullshit. They're feeding him. You know. If you if someone's doing something good, you don't tell them to do something different. Right. I mean, look how winded he's getting this guy. Mm-hmm. And here's the proof. How many punches does it take to knock a man out? Yeah. Just one lucky fucking punch is all it takes. Yep. Bullshit. He punched him in the motherfucking mouth. I love that. He must have headbutted him. Ha, ha, ha. I love it. I love it. Don't you know? Yep. No, and you can tell just by that look, they don't have to say a damn word. Nope. Oh, look at those eyes, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's how boxers look. There's no romanticizing a boxing in this movie. Not at all. 
I can see why boxing fans. Yeah, I can see why boxing fans would not like this movie. They don't want to see the truth. They want to see Rocky Balboa go out and you know. Yeah, and different. Yeah, we 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 sort of poo poo that film, but that's based on the Wepner fight, and. You know, there's a lot to say about Rocky and how good it is and how appealing it is to an audience. Yeah. And that's what they were going for. That's not what they're doing here. And Wepner had to sue to get his money for that movie. Yeah. And this is a great scene. Oh, my between... If this scene don't make you fall in love and want to protect her, I don't know what does. Hey, McKibben. This wasn't Uh, her first role, but this was was the role that really brought her to... And and, and I always have felt that why didn't she get more... (laughs) You know, cred from this role because it is just amazing. As the truth, right, girl? Yep. What are you going us in jail for? Because they won't leave you alone in this life. When shit's running smooth, they got to find some way to fuck it up. Absolutely. And that's that's part of the, the reason for this film, that these people, no matter what they want to attain and how hard they try, they always fuck it up. I want to go to the universe where Rocky is the cult film that almost nobody knows. And this was the Academy Award winner, and Stacey Keach and Susan Tyrell became have like five Oscars apiece. Yeah. Look at those cheeks of hers, and how how I'm sure that's partially makeup too, but literally, she's been crying like crazy. Look at this drinking. Yeah, seriously. You know, that's actually part of her whole persona. She was never ashamed. Her her mother, she had a very contentious relationship with her mother. Yeah. And, and, and her mother always, you know, chided her and, 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 and put her down and it's like I'm not ashamed of who I am and who I hang out with and who I love and that and you can't make me be ashamed asshole and that's her old she was defiant to the end man. I she love was defiant this to the end. yeah she's talking about love here he's talking about fucking yeah yeah they're two different things by the way Oh, God, yeah. Well, she just said it. Yeah. Yeah, what's wrong with that? 
Exactly. You'd run about, you would run into girls like her at those dive bars. There would always be one girl like that who's just willing to tell you their life story. Mm-hmm. Even if you didn't want to. I mean, look, Stacy Keach is just laying back and just let her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's very laid back in this. He's letting her have all the uh, uh, the energy, no matter what type of energy. Yeah, his character doesn't have any energy left. Okay. So so we have this relationship happening in front of our eyes. And they are not, you know, the makeup, everything, the way that this is framed and that, they're not, you know, beautiful people by any means. Do you have a natural urges, Carl? Yeah, I swear. Of course I do. <laughs> Basically to eat cheese. That's a natural urge. <laughs> I said unnatural. Oh, I have those too. God damn. She's so fucking good. Oh, God. You don't fuck with her. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Her fellowship knows about that, too. So, so you mentioned something to me earlier that I think we need to mention here uh, since we're both at the bar, right? Yeah. You mentioned about the connection here with a, a, a very well-known alcoholic poet in Los Angeles. Charles Bukowski. Why don't you go for that? Go for it. Oh, Bukowski was just the poet lord of the drunken motherfuckers who didn't give a fuck. (laughs) And several films about him, including Barfly, but our favorite. um, Come on, I'm I'm trying to work is uh, Marco Ferrari's Tales of Ordinary Madness. Tales of Ordinary, which is the best one, and it stars Ben Gazzara. Yeah. Good God. And I usually like some of Barbe Schroeder's stuff, but Barfly was in. Stallone was good in Barfly. Yep. But Mickey Rourke was horribly miscast. I agree. They 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 are they are dispossessed people, both of them. Yeah. God. I could fall in love with her right now. Reaching out from the abyss. 
reaching out for the abyss, looking for that last shred of hope and light. Yep. You can't even count on yourself, son. But he's trying. I get it. Yeah. Everybody in this movie is trying. But they're not getting very fucking far. No, and that's part of the point. It's to focus on these people that try and and fail. This whole movie is usually about the first five minutes of sports movies. Well, you know, take a look at this. you got a ten-minute scene here. Is this really a sports movie? No, you know, I would argue in a lot of ways it's not. No, it's not, but you know what I mean. I know what sports movie starts with them being down and out and just ragtag team that gets to come together. These guy people never can get their shit together. Right now they're doing the only thing they really have in common. Drink. Yeah. Drunks of a feather. Walk together. Yeah. Stumble together. Yeah. You know, uh, that's a beautiful thing. Her, her dress has always been on set and he sets it up for God. You just you just want to hug her and say everything's gonna be all right, and then she'll knock the shit out. You say bullshit. Everything is not gonna be all right. I know, I know. But man, look at this. How? I anytime I see this film, I look at her and I'm like, how the hell did you not win? The fucking Academy Award number one. And how the hell did you not everyone see it and then like give you the roles of a lifetime? How the hell did I used to call in movie shows, movie movie radio shows, call in during the nineties and every time they're like best sports film. I'm like Fat City and they're like, What? Yeah. Like I said, I want to live in the universe where this is, well, not Rocky. I want to see this be the film that gets all the love and praise that Raging Bull shit. You want to see this film be Raging Bull. Yeah. And Raging, yeah, that's what you want. This movie is Raging Bull. It tells its story better than Raging Bull does. But but the thing is, I think Raging Bull took from this film and, and, and just, you know, took the template from it and just uh, gave, gave it on to uh, 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 Jake LaMotta. Yes. Look at him. He ain't okay. He's fucked the fuck up. Yep. He certainly is. 
Won't we all? Aren't we all still like that? Just desperate souls grabbing onto another soul in the middle of the night, hoping to God that it lasts until the dawn. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting poetic in this motherfucker. Jeez. Oh, here comes the one thing that would scare every 16 to 9, 20 year old guy to death. There's three, there's two words. Yeah, I'm pregnant. Don't worry about it. I'm still. I'm pregnant. See, that's the look we would all have here in yep. that bombshell. And they can just carefully drop the ballot. Oh, I'm just a little pregnant. Oh, God. She... Okay, one of the things that I do want to mention, we have we mentioned very briefly about Stockton. Mm-hmm. But if you're in a town that is so economically depressed... Mm-hmm. And I grew up in a town like that, Bradford, Pennsylvania. Well, they were depressed um, because you lived there. But a bunch. No, no, no. Uh, but all, all the, you know, Zippo left and Case Cutlery left and all, and, and Kendall left. Oh, yeah, I know that whole story. Steel, Pittsburgh Steel left. Yeah, that's Pittsburgh, of course. This was about a hundred and... Ten miles yeah, north. but it all affects. Once the big city starts losing shit, it's like it's like what they call the pissing ladder. You know, first yeah, the big exactly. guy, yeah, da 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 da. da. You know, and, and that's the whole thing. They're they're all trying to escape, but I don't think they really know what they're escaping from, right? Yeah, and, and and the city and the economic part of this is all part of that. It 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 it, it boxes you in. You can't get out of the net. That's around. Yeah. If you want another movie that talks about this good, and Carl will agree with me, but y'all might be surprised. It's uh, George Romero's Martin. Oh yeah. Oh, without a doubt. That's after the steel has left. It's in Braddock. Braddock is one of the worst towns. By the way, just out yeah. of curiosity, you may not know this, that the Democratic uh, uh, governor uh, um, guy who's running for governor is was the former mayor of Braddock and really brought it out of its uh, uh, economic downturn, at least to a, a good degree. You know, and Nicholas Colasanto is so good in this movie. Yeah. 
So I'm trying to figure out who this other guy is. Give me a moment. He's his uh, partner. Yeah, I know, but I'm talking about the actor. Oh. Yeah, that's what happens when you get to that age. When we were young, we talked about drugs, fucking, can I ask? And now we talk about our medical ailments. Okay, that's Art Aragon is the guy's name. Only has a couple of uh, credits, not too many. Look at her. She's a Sherry girl. Yep. My my mother used to play uh, solitaire like that. That was always yes, the mother's she... boozes. You would always see the mothers back then keep the bottle of cooking sherry. Oh, yeah. Kick that little box. Yeah, and they're not exactly happy together either. No? It makes the man. Yeah, I am a bum. Yeah, these two have have settled into their codependency. Well, codependency, and they know where they are, and they know who they are. They know what their place in the world is. (laughs) You'd wear something like that, wouldn't you, Carl? Oh, for her, I do anything. Bullshit, you Seriously. weren't on your own terms. Doubtful. Poor but he shit. does. There, he actually looks better. Problem oh, is, I, I, I've always been a jeans, short, and t-shirt guy. You have to find uh, me I've down a short in... person. You have to tie me down to the floor and, like, stake me to the ground and get me to wear a dress shirt or a tie. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't like do vamp- ties, but I, will, I do dress shirts all the time. I act like a vampire in a vampire movie when you come through me with a tie. <laughs> okay, he looks very good with the hat. I couldn't pimp that hat. She 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 is um, What do they call that when you go up and down In a uh, 
you know, one, you know, manic. One point you're manic, and the other point you're depressed. Like ten seconds later, there's a word for that. Yeah, alcoholic. No, not alcoholic. It's psychological. Oh, schizophrenic. I don't think it's exactly schizophrenic. Bipolar, There's another term. they call it nowadays. Bipolar, that's it. Yeah. And she is definitely bipolar. <laughs> the, is that true, Carl? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really like how 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 he's framing this. How he's moving yeah. forward and and then the next person talks about it. It's really well well directed. I just love what they're saying, you know. Mhm. Start drinking together. Then better. <laughs> so we really haven't talked about John Houston. John Houston as a director. Um, his first film was The Maltese Falcon, and you talk about a, 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 a great ha, debut. Ha, ha. Good. Wine and Roses. Yep. What movie is that? A, uh, what movie is Days that? Of wine and roses. Yeah, Days, Day, of wine Days of Wine roses. and Roses. But yeah, in the 70s, John Huston didn't make that many studio films, but the small films he made, my God. Well, you know, let's let's just go over this real quick. Started out with the Maltese Falcon, and I'm just giving you a couple here. The Treasure of the Sierra Madre, uh, Key Largo, The Asphalt Jungle, which is one of my great heist movies. Love that film, The African Queen. Um, you know, The Misfits. But then when he gets to the 60s, he doesn't do as well. But then you get into the 70s. And as I mentioned before, he did the Kremlin letter. But then Fat City, The Life of Times of Judge Roy Bean, The Macintosh Man, probably is one misfire of the whole decade. The Man Who Would Be King. And then Wise Yeah. If we ever did The Man Who Would Be King on the art show and we didn't have a certain person with us, I think we'd both be dead by dawn. Absolutely. Love that film. But yeah, starting with the Misfits, he put his affection for the disenfranchised into his work. Mm-hmm. And his misfire oh. was a, a film... <laughs> <laughs> Forgive me, Carl, for mentioning this title. Right. Yeah, actually, the Macintosh Man. Not the Macintosh Man. Phobia. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, 
That was such a misfire that the car didn't even misfire. It just, the motor just said, fuck it. Uh, but a great, great run of films of his that he directed in the 70s. And let's not forget, you know, later under the volcano, Fritzy Stoner. And then he came out, his last film he directed was one of his best, The Dead. Just just amazing. And then that's not even counting his acting career. I think that Stacy Keach's character sees that uh, Jeff Bridges is him before he fucked it up. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. None. Oh, John Almond Tree. Fuck that shit. This is Central Valley, man. This is what they do. How full of shit is he right here? Well... I, no, he actually believes it, okay? Okay? That's different than full of shit. It's full of uh, dreams. There's a difference. That's the worst kind of bullshit. I'm not saying it's not bullshit. I'm just saying it's dreams. No, I'm just saying that's the worst kind of bullshit. When you bullshit in yourself. <coughs> But that's what this is. He's not lying. He believes it. I know. Remember how much his wife, they said earlier when his wife left him, how much it destroyed him. You know what this kind of reminds me of too In a lot of ways The wrestler Yeah Oh You know when Darren Aronofsky Did interviews he mentioned This city too is a Big inspiration for it. For for the wrestler, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't blame him. I mean, everybody has their dreams. <laughs> But I also, this might make me a hypocrite, I believe in what uh, W.C. Fields said, too. What? At first, you don't succeed, try, try again, and then quit, because nobody likes a damn fool. Right. 
What no matter Carlos Santo is a loser too. They're all losers. And they're all trying and that's part of the human condition. And this yeah. movie is about the human condition. Yeah. But even in the early seventies, I think this film didn't win go over because it doesn't have that. Relatable protagonist. Well, okay, it was the seventies. There weren't that many relatable protagonists. They were all losers. That's the best thing about it. No, 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 no. There always was this guy. He's like, this guy's our son of a bitch. Every one of these guys are just guys that you feel pity for, not relate to. Because if you do relate to any of these characters, you are those characters, and God bless you. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. There's no light, a little bit of glowing light. Okay, this coming up here. Oh, good God. Asleep with the cigarette. God damn. Even I don't do that shit. Do I have a robe? She don't care. She. You got to realize she's at that point of alcoholism where... Food has no interest to me. Right. (laughs) I just woke up. You think she's bullshitting him? No. No. Oh. Ah, fuck you. Uh. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, this is this is not a healthy relationship, kids. Ah. 
And she plays that role too. You can see it starting to be a role, right? You know, I'm going to pout now. Now, get some water, man. Seriously. When they're both drunks, they get along. Yeah. When he's sober, it doesn't work. Oh God! Jeez, it's it's so. Oh. <laughs> what happened? Uh, I closed my eyes. He didn't hit her, did he? No, he didn't. Oh. He burnt the shit out of that steak. Yeah, I know he did. you'd eat it, little girl, but that's beside no, the point. No, fuck no, I wouldn't eat that. No I ain't way. talking to you. You ain't a little girl. Oh, that's right. You're talking. Oh, I know who you're talking to. I'm talking to Hi, princess. princess. Yes, of course you are. Hey, Hi, hey, princess. Hey, 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 Don't try to push no buttons on the computer, girl. Ugh. Look at her, the way she's eating. It's the way yep. an alcoholic who's gotten to that point where, you know. I mean, look at him, bless him. Yeah. He thinks that if he gets the woman, he gets back to fighting, everything's going to be good again. And that's not how it works, unfortunately. See, all she cares about is uh, getting a drink. And this is not saying nothing about her, but... Oh, God, he's drunk again. That kind of song you only... You only hear in bars where people go to drink away the memory of a woman or a man. Hello, Ruben. What are you doing around the town? Hey, hey. Got any drinks out? God. Sorry. No, that's okay. Just, just feel better, man. I can't take it anymore. I need... I mean, it's just so pathetic looking at him. Oh, yeah. Knowing how hard he tries, he 
You can't do it. Do you think there's probably a lot of women that said that about a certain person that we both know, Carl? (laughs) Probably. Yeah, that was his addiction. His addiction is... Women. Women. Love. I understand that. (laughs) (laughs) Where are you, son of a bitch? And this is, you really get to the point here where you understand what's going on with him. What? They, they've alluded to it, what? but he really talks... He really talks about how okay, things have messed up since his wife. Remember when you first we first seen her, we wanted to take care of her? Yep. That's right now with that anymore. scene, we don't want to. We want to take care of him. Exactly. But... Look at that. They're going to their big fight in a goddamn bus. Greyhound bus. Do you remember where else they filmed right down in there? Bakersfield. Yeah. Again, part of the Central Valley. I'm surprised. uh, Yeah. I'm surprised uh, uh, we haven't seen Fresno. But we don't in this. I don't see Fresno in this film. You know who else? You know what else we are talking about? Ken Russell's no. Signs of Passion. Oh, yes. <sighs> the heroes have always been losers. Maybe that's why I fucked up my life. <laughs> Yep. Ooh, yeah, right there. He told that story. The first time I pissed blood, you know. How do you like that? Before he went out to his fight, he was uh, sleeping in a shit hotel, coming in on the Greyhound and pissing blood. Yep. I mean, look at the look on his face. Yeah. Now, Lucero here, forget the actor, yeah. but this upcoming fight is one of the most brutal I've ever seen on film. But it doesn't have a flame sure. bar in front of it, Carl. How can it be a brutal yeah. fight if it doesn't have a flame bar? <laughs> True. 
But yeah, like I said earlier, the amateur ranks and the fights in these are human cock fights. <laughs> and that's another film in a lot of ways we should mention is Cockfighter. Which basically is kind of this movie with the uh, roosters. <laughs> uh Carl uh I told you not to mention your uh the adult male on male uh, movie <laughs> fetish on here, but I am joking. But yeah, Cockfighter is another great movie about a loser. But for some reason, that I put this on a level above. This is a brutal fucking fight, man. <sighs> I mean, you can tell they're not movie fighting. No, they're not. Not even close. This is ugly, nasty-ass fighting. Just like you'd see if you go to a Golden Gloves or if they had a local boxing match at your local uh, boxing club. Right, Carl? Yep. I mean, look, this guy's fucking... Oh, God. Oh, God. Kidney punching. The guy was pissing blood earlier. Yep. Help. Hey, 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 hey. No chewing of the hand while Daddy's on the air. (laughs) But, yeah, that was brutal. I mean, if you didn't think about him pissing blood... When he punched him in the kidney, you wouldn't get why that, you know, why he's focusing on that area so much. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. This is almost as sad as when they uh, put Tyson with those group of soup cans. Girl. Yep. That reference stepped in sooner. You know, the other thing is, we've mentioned this before, but what you're seeing here to me is a real fight. This is not cinematic in the time and the way that you see most boxing films, right? Yeah, and it took two scenes for us to really feel sorry for that son of a bitch. Yeah. You know, the Mexican guy. Yeah. The Mexican guy, you know. I mean, you see him laying in a shithole hotel, depressed, sad, pissing blood. No big dramatic. Cut me! Cut me! 
Yeah, no, no, no dramatic shit like that. Once you've been to Fat City, you can't go back to regular boxing movies. No. Oh, just oof. Every punch in this movie fucking hurts. Yeah, it does. Nowadays, if he went up against rope like that three times, it would be considered TKO and his ass would be out. This is yeah. the days before Not, not Google. back then. Not back this this time frame. This is back before Boom Boom Mancini fought Dooku Smith. Right. And you could tell that Houston watched a lot of fights. Yeah. There's no joy in this fight, you know. None. There's nothing None. like, and, you know. And how many times has a fight like this been depicted in film where it's like one big roundhouse and they're still standing, another big roundhouse? That's not what you're seeing here. You're seeing a real fight. Yeah. I want you to realize that uh, Stacy Keach was only like 25 to 30 when he was in this movie. Yeah. So they had to do a lot of work to make him look that old. Yeah. I love that. Did I get knocked out? Yeah, you And here's one of the truths, too. (laughs) Does he look like he's in the perfect condition? No, not even close. (laughs) Sorry. God damn. And this, I don't blame Stacy Keats for getting pissed. For getting totally getting pissed. Yeah. And look, there's the Mexican guy. Yep, while the lights are going out. 
on to the well next done. town and on to the next flight. Yep. <sighs> Tough. Not a lifestyle I want to do. That's for sure. That's how wrestlers promote wrestling promoters. Boxing promoters, any promoter. Would screw their punt and say, Yeah, I gave you advances. A hundred dollars. That's the true. Yeah, that's true. Great fucking scene, man. I do agree that he fucked him hard. Oh, yeah. I agree. But this is really showing that it's not worth it, man. Oh. That's one of the few things about Rocky I like that they never did get into how he was a uh, leg breaker for the mafia. No. Oh. And look, she's already got another guy. Yeah. Another same old guy. I want my clothes. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is. You'll learn, kid. Yeah. 
you know, every character, even a small character like this at the end of the film, human. Relate, you know, you said they're not relatable, but I think they are if you open up your, you know, and have empathy for them and understand what they're going through. Oh, I know. Like I said. And this, and this ending, this ending is just heartbreaking. Wife and kids. See, she he's responsible. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. Maybe Frank. Maybe Frank. That's just my own opinion. This is a rough scene for me. Yeah, it's devastating. A really rough scene. And this brings out how good Keach is because he doesn't have the showy role here. That's Sarandon. I mean, not Sarandon. Susan Tyrell. How many talkers do we run into in our circles, Carl? A lot. Oh, a lot. No matter if you're in boxing, podcasting, magazine, writing, movie making, you're going to run into a bunch of talkers. And this is usually how your nights end up. Nowadays, it'd be in a Waffle House. Oh, yeah. But, but still. And real coffee. Only you would say that. <clears throat> you get rolling, your life makes a beeline for the drain. Bring the drain. God. <clears throat> Devastating. And quiet, too. Yeah. 
This is not a loud movie. I don't think loud about this movie is a loud. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. I know exactly what you mean. <clears throat> Even Tyrell's loud moments aren't that damn loud. No. There's no dramatic music thing. No. Nope. <laughs> Do you think he was ever young once? No, maybe he wasn't. Uh, I think he's talking about himself. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is one film I've never read the the novel. I need to read the novel. Why does he have that look on his face? Everything just freezes. Yeah. He realizes something. Yeah, he does. You know what that is? He's dying. He's old. Or old, yeah, one of the two. Yeah, he realizes, oh my God, I'm old. He is the old guy behind the counter or the old guy at the poker table. Yep. And it's just silence. It's just silence. I think it's a you, perfect ending. I mean, look, they're both contemplating. Do He's saying, yeah. do I want to end up like him? And he's like, how the fuck did I end up like me? Your day is done and gone. How do you like that to go off that scene? Yesterday is dead and gone. Yep. I be alone. Make it through the night. Help me make it through the night. Back when we didn't have 20 tons of credits, the movie's over, you're thoroughly depressed. Uh, To say the least. (laughs) Oh, God, this is still as good as the first time I've seen it. I did not expect it to kick me in the boo-boo the way it did. And I was twenty when I seen. I was in my twenties when I seen it. <laughs> when I first saw this, it was HBO, and I was probably fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, and you seen more truth than you wanted to in this movie, didn't you? Well, you know, it, it's funny. My dad likes sports movies, so he started watching this, and he walked out of the room. Right? Yeah. <laughs> And I and I finished it, and I said, no wonder he didn't like this movie. He doesn't want to deal with these people. Yeah, there's not a you single know? person in this movie that you would want in your life. Um, maybe a one-night stand with... with, with with Tyrell, but that's about it. No, you can't have one night stands with uh, someone like that. No, you can't. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. She's like a leech who needs someone. Like that black guy said, she's drunk, she won't eat. I just accept it. Yeah. It's a duty. Take care of her. 
He actually felt yep. sorry for Keach. Yeah. He's like, finally, someone went through the same bull crap that I did. Yep. And this Tuesday night, there'll be another Vicky Loves Sci-Fi. We're going to be doing, she wants, she wants, to, her, her plans are one season and done sci-fi shows. Nice. And That'll this week, fun. we're going to be, to cure our palates after this wonderful wife performing film, we're going to be watching She Devils on Wheels. And that's going to be a blast. And by oh. the way, we should mention, we should mention you're going to be on my network tomorrow. Do you yeah. want to talk about this? the beach movies, baby? Now we're going to have Mike and Cheryl Householder on. Uh, you think the reason I'm going to come on is because I want to talk about the beach movies? I think so. I hope or so. Or do I want to talk to old friends who I haven't talked to in about four or five years? That too. <laughs> yeah. Well, that first for me. Sorry. Sorry, Frankie Internet. But, God. Yeah, but, but you'll, you'll go off on Don Rickles and, and, and the wondrous uh, Harvey Lembeck. <clears throat> yeah. Absolutely. But, and you may not understand it why they're hearing us talk about this movie, but this is one we have been giddy to do a watch on since we started podcasting together back in the days when I had less forehead and Carl had fewer cups of coffee in him. Exactly. <laughs> Not as much cheese in me. Um, yeah. Yeah. This is one of those films that that we really connected on because <gasps> it is it is it isn't as well known as it should be. And but the people that do know this film and do love it are passionate about it. And so oh, I'm God, hoping yeah. that came through. You know what we were saying during the commentary, and and, and seriously, watch it again without us. Watch it a number of times, and I, I guarantee you that it will affect you. It, it will definitely yeah. affect you more and more as you watch it more and more. Movies like this are why Stacy Keach is really my favorite actor. I mean, just damn. Yeah. And I wish one day, hopefully one day, we'll get a copy of the Traveling Executioner to do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, him and yeah. Tyrell are good, but I love how Tyrell starts out as this, you know, you think she's this poor little thing that needs to be taken care of, but then she real, you realize that she's an alcoholic about four drinks away from death. Yeah. It's just, just, just an amazing uh, performance. And let's not forget, you know, Jeff Bridges has a real good role. It's it's a supporting yeah. role. But but, yeah. but Nicholas Colasanto and the other gentlemen, everybody in there has their moments. They yeah. have their moments. Uh, and the book book's ending is a little different than the movies because it really emphasizes 
that uh, coming Stacy Keach's character. Yep. I mean, you could pretty yep. much get that from the movie, but you know what I mean. Exactly. But that's really more, all it takes is one person blowing smoke up your ass, and then you're ready to go fucking storm Area 51. You know, yeah, you know, it, the one thing about that movie, I, I do want to just as a final thought, it's it's very sparse, okay? It, 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 you know, you mentioned the lack of music. You, you yeah. know, uh, you know, there's no manipulation no. in the way that it's presented at all. And so it's just, you know, it's very close to what the British kitchen sink films were. But even those were more animated than this. Yeah. This is much more despairing in its tone. And I love it. And I love the 70s as a decade. Because you've got a lot of these type of films. This is what I grew up with. Yeah. That's the, so but the show that it doesn't have a cult nowadays shows that probably the 70s wasn't ready for this film. The 80s weren't ready for this film. The 90s weren't ready for this film. The OOs in this film. So please disappoint me, tens, and really make me not have to carry the flag for this movie anymore. Please. Seriously. Seriously. And, and, with, and, 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 and you know what? We're going to continue to, to, to wave the flag for this no matter what. Even if it does get a cult and everybody loves it, we're still waving the fucking flag. Come on. We know that. Yeah, but it's nice to not have to because everyone else knows that you are right. Mm-hmm. True. <laughs> yeah, that's the way I feel about, about, about gremlins, too. <laughs> and with that, good night, everybody, and thank you again from... Uh, Major support from the Victoria Love Foundation for our funding and the free donuts. Absolutely. And as usual, we'll see you next time. And this time, I promise it'll be a lot quicker. And I'm playing a song tonight that fits this movie's mood rather than our usual goodnight song. So until next time, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. I've been putting it on